his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. So, I, I, you know what it's like. And you know, when, when Donald Trump was president and, and the economy was going great and everything was just swimming right along and, you know, everybody was, it just seemed, you know what, the days just seemed brighter and lighter. Now, under the Biden administration, every day is like what you see outside. It's dark and it's gloomy and it's like, what was in Lion King? Uh, that's, you know, where the shadow, that's the Shadowlands. You don't, you don't ever go there. I, we're living in the Shadowlands right now. Living in the Shadowlands. Because a bunch of un... And I don't want to say they're uneducated, but we'll say this. Uninformed people have come up. I Oh, my goodness. Here's the thing. I was at an event a couple a few weeks ago. Gosh, I think it was. Yeah, it was back in December. Back in December. And I was talking with this guy. Uh, cons- and I'm using air quotes here. Conservative. And he was telling me about all these people he met. And he was telling me, he said, and I, and I held his hand in mine and I looked him in the eye and that's when I knew and it was yada, yada, yada. And then, we, and then he said, who are you voting for in the primary? And I said, well, I'm voting for Donald Trump. And he said, oh, after all he's done. And I said, what, what do you mean after all he's done? What, what, what's he done? Oh, oh, every single, everybody that does not like Trump does not like Trump, but they don't, they can't tell you why. They can't tell you which one of his policies they don't like. They just can't. Listen to this guy. He's in New York. He's at Trump Tower. And this is exactly what I'm talking about, folks. This is every, every Trump hater in the world. Here we go. Is this unprecedented to arrest a former president for not well, turning into a former president that had committed this many provable criminal acts. But what are the provable criminal acts, I guess? <sighs> provable criminal acts. Well, right, I'm just, I, I, I'm done talking. I'm done talking. I'm done. Every, every single stinking time. Every single time. You used to have a caller down in Charleston. Oh, what was his name? I forget his name. Um, <laughs> good. Um, but he said, oh, Trump is a liar. I said, all right, what Trump lie about? Oh, if you have to ask that question. Oh, if you've got to. But that's every, every single one. Oh, you can't. Uh, so you've stated your thesis. Now prove your thesis. And they never can. They never can. That guy was talking to me about, oh, Ted Cruz and what he said about Ted Cruz's wife and yada, yada, yada. And I was like, you know, Ted Cruz is supporting Trump now. Oh, it's just the way they are. 
just the way they are. They're no better than Democrats, uh, especially the conservative ones. So now we've got a group of conservatives, and I believe uh, Pat McCrory was one of them. They're all getting together to start this no-labels party. Oh, 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 I just want to take my shoes off and just, oh, and just tiptoe through the tulips. It's a no-labels party. And you know what no-labels means? Generic. Generic. You are just generic. There is nothing special about you. You're just generic. Remember when they came out with the original generic products? You guys have got any gray hair on you at all. You remember this. They were showing up in the store, and, and you could buy a six-pack of beer. It was a white label with black lettering that said beer. Same thing with bread. Said all of these generic products, that cheese, you could get sour cream. It was just white label, black lettering. If you are a no-labels party, that's exactly what that means. You are, well, there's nothing special about you. You're not a brand. There's no brand. There's no quality control. There's none of that. So go ahead. Start your little no-labels party. You know what you're going to get? No voters. So apparently McCrory was on Fox and Friends this morning, and he's saying they're going to, they are going to be announcing a candidate coming up on Super Tuesday. <laughs> Good. Well, let's let's see if they got ballot access to all 50 states. We'll see. We'll see if that happens. It won't, but we'll see. So let's just do the no labels party, the generic party. That's what what their sign will be. It'll just be a white sign with black lettering that says political party. That's what it'll just say. Oh, you a political party? Yeah. It says so right there on the sign. See? Um, Which political party are you? We're just a political party. We're just one. Well, can you tell me what your platform is? Politics. Um, That's our our platform is is politics. Well, how do you feel about taxes? Yep, we we feel about them. We we feel about taxes. Okay. Um, How do you feel about the uh, border crisis? We've talked about it um, generically. Generically, we've we've talked about it. So so go on, Pat McCrory, go on with your little uh, generic uh, <laughs> political party there. My goodness, uh, they think they're going to come up with another Ross Perot. That's what they're thinking. They're thinking they're going to get somebody on there. Listen, it didn't. Ross Perot was an anomaly. Yes. Yes. Did he take enough mo- uh, enough votes away from George W. Bush for uh, Clinton to win? But but he was I mean, you're not going to find another Ross Perot. Ross Perot was a character. He was now. All right. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put our underwear on the flagpole, run it up there and see who salutes. That's what we're going to do. And remember the uh, the admiral. I can't remember the admiral's name. Uh, the, the, guy, the guy that just wandered off during the debate, and he was like, Where, where's this guy going? It was pathetic. What was it? Stockdale. Admiral Stockdale is who it was that was running with Ross Perot. You know what Ross Perot always makes me think of? Uh, and, you know, maybe maybe I'm a little, 
you know, just a 90s kid, but the golden age of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, Dana that, Carvey doing, doing yes. Ross Perot. It was, it was absolutely perfect. Yeah, it was. Absolutely perfect. So, but but you, they're not going to find a candidate like that. They're not. Ross Perot was a personality, and he what he drove that. It wasn't the third party that drove Ross Perot. It was Ross Perot that, that, that drove the, you think Pat McCrory is going to drive the third party? You think Larry Hogan from 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 Baltimore is 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 going to drive the third party? Here we go. Well, I can tell you that there's not a soul in uh, the No Labels organization that has any intention of being a spoiler. I certainly would not do anything to try to tip the election in Donald Trump's favor. Favor. I don't think Joe Manchin or Joe Lieberman or any of the other people involved would do it either. Um, but look, right now, seventy percent do not want Biden or Trump. 59% have said they would consider a third alternative. 49% of the people in the country are registered independent. And a, a new poll came out today that, that really it showed uh, that you know, 30, 33% say they'd vote for Trump, 32% say Biden, and 31% say they would vote for neither. So it's, it's not being a spoiler. It's about, you know, that this group is only interested in running if we could actually win. <laughs> well, guess what? You can't. Period. And Larry Hogan, if you think that I believe or anybody else believes that you're not doing this to try to be a spoiler to Trump, oh my goodness, we haven't bought Swampland in a long time. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show. Oh, by the way, when we get back, guess what is now harmful to the environment? This is going to hit close to home. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WRD, the voice of the Carolinas. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
Coming up at 435, continuing our Homestead Highlight Series, we're going to be talking with Courtney Austin from Sweet Chapel Farm in Tennessee. We're going to be asking her about what the homesteading lifestyle is all about. If you guys have ever had any uh, uh, wondering, any wonders or any questions about homesteading, uh, maybe we can get those answered for you today. It is a fascinating lifestyle. It really, really is. And it is growing by leaps and bounds in popularity. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we have breaking news from the Charlie James Show. Good news. You guys have done it again. Again, you've done it. The judiciary this morning. Oh, doggone, I got to turn the stream on there. Uh, The judiciary this morning did not Vote ranked choice voting out of committee. That was going to be the vote this morning to get it out of committee and onto the floor. That did not happen in the judiciary because you got involved. Also, the chairman has said that he has no intention of voting it out. Also, on the other issue about the rules change, they did not bring up the rules change this morning. We will keep you updated on that because I promise you they're going to try to sneak that thing in just like they did a couple of days ago. I asked you to call last night and, oh, man, uh, Will, the, the numbers of people, I wish I could go. Maybe I can. I don't know. Maybe I can go and see how many people texted SC Rep to 71307. Let me see. Oh, holy cow. 691. 691 people texted SC Rep to 71307. You guys, I mean, really, and that was since last night. So you think this morning they were feeling the pressure? Now, I, now that uh, campaign actually, we did that a little bit, uh, a little uh, earlier as well. So that's not all just from last night. But that was an impressive showing for you guys. Also, another issue going on at the State House. We had, um, let's see. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt, South Carolina Governor Kristi Noem, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, and Montana Governor Greg Gianforte all announced that they are standing with Texas and with Governor Greg Abbott in the border dispute with the federal government. Well... This morning, the South Carolina Freedom Caucus called on Governor Henry McMaster to also stand with those governors. And as of half an hour ago, from Governor Henry McMaster's Twitter page, I'm proud to stand with 24 other Republican governors today in support of Texas con- Texas's constitutional right to self-defense in response to the Biden administration's continued attacks on their border security. He went on to say that President Biden and his administration have left Americans and our country completely vulnerable to unprecedented illegal immigration pouring across the southern border. Instead of upholding the rule of law and securing the border, the Biden administration has attacked and sued Texas for stepping up to protect American citizens from historic levels of illegal immigration, deadly drugs like fentanyl and terrorists entering our our country. We stand in solidarity with our fellow governors. We do in part because the Biden administration is refusing to enforce immigration laws already on the books and is illegally allowing mass parole across America of migrants who entered our country illegally. So good for you, Governor Henry McMaster. Way to go. 
Good job, sir. So there you go. That's more good news coming out there. Ah, but this is a battle between Texas. It's a battle between all the states and the federal government going on right now. Now, remember, the, the, the Supreme Court said that the Border Patrol could come in and cut those um, cut the barbed wire at the border. But you know what the Supreme Court didn't say? It didn't say that Texas had to do anything, nor did it prevent Texas from doing anything. So the Border Patrol comes in, they cut the wire, Texas comes in, puts it back up. Governor Abbott, I would be more than happy to send you 250 feet of razor wire if you need it. I would even go 500 feet my own self and have it shipped to you so that you can use it at the border. So there you go. So that's that update. Also, also listen to this. Man, you know, there, you remember it was, I guess it was last year. It had to be last spring, somewhere around last spring, that the USDA, they, they put out on their website, it was something like, hey, do you have a garden? Hey, why don't you tell us where that garden is? Because we want to send you helpful tips and information about gardening in your area. Yep, you just tell us what location that is, and we will send you customized information about how to grow your own fruits and vegetables. And when the USDA, which has also been weaponized by the Biden administration, when they put that out, the first thing I thought was, no, I'm not telling you diddly squat. I'm not telling you how many tomato plants I've got. I'm not telling you what I'm growing in my backyard. I'm not telling you anything. I can find out all that information online. There are plenty of websites that I can go to to get detailed information, including the Clemson Extension Office that will tell you everything you need to know about growing these things. So, no, I don't need the FDA. Well, now, now, guess what the talking points are? Your garden. Your garden is bad for the environment. Oh, you knew this was coming, didn't you? Didn't you, didn't you know this was coming? The federal government, a new study from the University of Michigan has found that urban gardening is five or maybe six times worse for the environment than conventional crops. Don't know how they calculated. It doesn't matter. If you read the bodies of the articles that even say it only happens to some vegetables in some places and it all depends on the infrastructure and yada, 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 the details aren't the point. The point is that this is another weapon in the war on food. They want to control the food. In fact, there was another study out um, showing that how the Chinese Communist Party are gaining control of our food supply through American subsidiaries. They want to control your food. Folks, this isn't tinfoil hat, Alex Jones stuff, which there's, <laughs> which that's all turning out to be true. So it might actually be tinfoil hat. So get out your tinfoil hat and put it on. They are coming after your food. Well, who else came after food? Who else? Because remember, all over the planet, even John Kerry said that farming is the number one cause of greenhouse gases on the planet. John Kerry said that when he was over with the World Economic Forum. You know who else hated food? You know who else hated farmers? Stalin. Stalin hated farmers. 
Stalin declared farmers to be an enemy of the people back in 1932. That all sounds vaguely familiar these days, doesn't it? When we get back, we're going to be talking with some farmers. We're going to be talking with some homesteaders. Courtney Austin is going to join us from Sweet Chapel Farm coming up in just a couple of minutes right here on The Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. So when my wife and I uh, got our Scotch Collie, Artie, we had no idea that that was going to open us up to a new group of people that we really didn't even know existed in these numbers. And those are the homesteaders. The Scotch Collie is one of the favorite dogs of homesteaders. And we have met so many wonderful homesteading families. Uh, and I was talking about it on the air. And you guys showed an Im- amazing amount of interest in homesteading. So I decided that in 2024, we're going to be uh, highlighting some of these homesteaders, and we are doing that today. Joining us right now is Courtney Austin from Sweet Chapel Farm in Tennessee. Courtney, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing all right this afternoon. Thanks uh, for having me on. I am so glad to have you on the program. So let me ask you something. What? How did this get started? How did you start homesteading? Well, to make it quick, Really looking back to what my granny and granddaddy had been doing, they were living off the land mm-hmm. up in northern Tennessee and kind of skipped a generation. And as my husband and I were kind of evaluating the way that we wanted to bring up our family, our children, we said, let's go back to the land. And indeed, we have. So uh, what were you doing before that? Well, I think like most people, you just start on in, in a career and mm-hmm. We, we actually lived over in Germany for a couple of years, uh, playing our part in military. And when we came back to Tennessee, that was really kind of the time in which we wanted to put our roots down and uh, really, you know, make a life for how we wanted to live. And so when you play your part in the military, you're living for the military yeah. um, and the mission there. And then we came home and said, this is what we want to do. What was the first thing you did? Can you look back and look at the first act or the first step that you took as far as homesteading is concerned? Well, long ago, it really was just gardening. And um, I've always had an inclination to garden. And, you know, nothing, of course, like everybody says, tastes as good as when you pull out a nice red ripe tomato out of the garden. And that just snowballs right there. And so then you add a couple chickens. And then you start dreaming about all the other things you could potentially do. And so at this point, we uh, are now out in the country. Before we were in the city, we were doing quite a bit in the city itself, Mm -hmm. proving a point that we could do so much. You didn't have to live just, you know, blank lawn. You could actually produce from your lawn. And um, ultimately out here in the country now, we have a dairy cow and we have dairy goats and we have bees and chickens and ducks and rabbits. And so. Um, quite a bit, just on a very small footprint of land. And you, you brought up a term that I'd never heard of the other day when we were uh, uh, talking, urban steading. A lot of people are getting into urban steading, right? Oh, yes, sir, indeed. And so that really is, you know, just a matter of a patch of land. And we know even homesteaders that live in high-rises, they yeah. even on their balconies do produce, uh, they raise quail, or they can produce a little bit of berries in a potted plant. So there is, there are ways to grow or produce regardless of where you're at. It's just a matter of learning how. 
What is it about the lifestyle that really appeals to you the most? The freedom of choice and what we'd like to do based on the lands that we've been given. And I think that freedom, just getting up in the morning and walking out and saying, you know, we've chosen to rotate our milk cow. So when we rotate her on pasture and seeing her doing exactly uh, what I think the Lord made her to do as a cow is to graze on grass. And mm-hmm. um, just having that freedom to make that choice. But then if life circumstances even changed, we could then pass that cow on to someone else and then make different choices within the freedom of, of our actual stewardship of our land. So I, that's what I love the most out of all of this. But um, I think, you know, kind of the cherry on top is having our children right here alongside us learning and doing and, you know, figuring out the problems and solving them alongside of us, helping along the way. And and that's kind of the cherry on top of yeah. all of this. You know, I, I always get that thing because, I mean, we were talking before and, and, and you, you homeschool your kids. Uh, I, I think a, a lot of people say, well, these homeschool kids, they're not, you know, they're not socialized. Homeschooled kids are the most socialized kids I've ever met in my life. They can, they can carry on a conversation with you. Oh, well, I, I wholeheartedly would agree with that. I don't think that they um, kind of box themselves into only thinking of just what their peer sets uh, or, the, you know, I say like typical peer sets would think about just right. video games. They, they really can carry on a conversation with adults about how they, you know, are working on a pelt of their rabbit or, you know, <laughs> yeah. even how like how they how they feed the chickens every morning, um, how the weather's going. I mean, right. they, they, uh, they observe and experience a lot more of real life um, and, it, and aren't boxed into just, you know, a video game or or what's the latest movie that's coming out. Homestead kids make me feel lazy. You know what I mean? Well, they, do. well, they make me feel lazy, too. <laughs> you aren't alone in that. And, so, and, and I think putting their, I think putting them to purposeful work is so vital. And I love seeing that because, you know, they can go, they can go a lot further uh, in endurance than I can. But yeah. um, when they're doing purposeful work, they actually find enjoyment and want to continue doing it. So yeah. that's, Seeing that is probably, um, I think it's setting them up to being able to be a very productive adult. If they can do it now, they can certainly do it when they're 20. Absolutely. Great life skills going on there. We're talking with Courtney Austin from Sweet Chapel Farm in Tennessee. Um, A lot of people, I know a lot of people are interested in getting into this lifestyle, but they don't know where to start. A lot of people think, you know, like you, they need a couple of acres, they need a dairy cow, they need rabbits and all of that, but you really can, you can start right where you are, can't you? Oh, yes, sir, indeed. And it's really, if you you just look around, I think the first thing to fall in love with is really what you want to feel, what need do you really want to feel? And if it's that you really just want a good slice or tomato, well, then get yourself a pot and plant a tomato plant and start from there. But, you know, and then talking to other homesteaders who are doing things and then just letting them, their life in many ways, their practices be an inspiration to you about what that might be like for you. So many times when we have people come over for a tour of the homestead, they just want to see how we do rabbits. That's all that yeah. they just might want to one day have rabbits. But how would you do that? How do you do that on Sweet Chapel Farm, Courtney? And so that's what they come and do and they see it and then they mull it over and they contemplate it and they either decide for it or against it. 
And and I think building that community sense of mentorship among one another yeah. um, helps. It really helps about what seeing it in action and the potential of you actually doing it yourself. And this is this is what is so amazing about that the homesteading community is you guys are willing to share your information on. You've even started the Tennessee Homestead Alliance. That's right. We started it for that because there's that disconnect. Yeah. So many people want a sustainable life off the land, but they don't even know where to begin. And those of us who have been doing it for so long, well, come on. I want to show you. I want to show you. I want to tell you, you know, the successes, the failures, the hardships, the money losses, but then also, the, you know, the, the, the good benefits financially out of doing this, these good investments. And no one else is willing to talk about it. You're yeah. not going to you're not going to flip on. Uh, the TV and see, uh, you know, mainstream media talking about this, the, the practicalities of living this kind of life. Um, and so kind of freeing people in their independence to choose according based on their land or based on their needs or their, even their wants uh, for self-sustainability. And, um, and we just thought that was so vital in actual community aspects. It's nice to know your name, but how can I help you achieve what you desire to achieve? Um, yeah. And, I think that's a great way to turn the culture and the way in which people really want to go. They really do want to go that way. Sure they do. Uh, But there is a caveat here because I know it's highly glamorized sometimes on social media, on Instagram, places like that. But this is work. I mean, this is (laughs) one one, uh, social media person on social media said they started homesteading, but she wasn't counting on how much mud she had to deal with every day. And (laughs) uh, right (laughs) That's absolutely right. And matter of fact, today, that was what all I posted about was on Instagram was exactly what we're dealing with today. We've had all this deep snow, uncharacteristic for Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, we're in torrential rains. And so I am ankle deep in in cow manure and all the mud. And we're out there trying to rewire. Lightning is striking. Oh, my word. We've got puppies everywhere. We've got things going on. And they're... It's beautiful, but it's hard. And it's going yeah. to be worth it to you in order to do it. And that's the beautiful part sometimes in the in the community aspect. When you're talking among one another, you're talking these same stories out about things we're enduring that are unique to our actual domain, our actual homes or homesteads. And my, my challenges outside or even inside are much different than another homestead, but yet they're at the same time they're challenges we would never have endured anywhere else. And so um, that camaraderie is also quite special in, in those conversations because, because it is worth it to us to do these things. Absolutely. And those puppies you mentioned were Artie's grandpuppies, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> they are, they're absolutely stunning, and it's just absolutely wonderful to be part of continuing on this old Scotch Collie lineage because what a precious precious breed it is to bring out on the homestead they really really are well uh courtney uh folks can find out you guys even have a you got uh, you're on instagram you're even over on youtube right we were on youtube were? youtube's pretty picky about what kind of content it likes so we've decided to stay off of youtube we're doing instagram and facebook you can look up uh tennessee homesteaders alliance.com i think is what our actual uh url is and so um we have our unique county groups yeah, we have seven counties in Tennessee that come together, they meet, they mentor one another. Um, and those are found on Facebook uh, per the county that they're, that, that's meeting. Right, right. And so, um, yeah, you can follow along uh, our journey, but then so many other homesteaders that are actually 
giving you what real life is like out there on the homestead. You said something a couple days ago. You said the profit isn't monetary. Explain what you meant about that. Well, and again, this will come back to every every different homesteader, but for us, the profit isn't just living together, family-centric, you know, honoring the Lord, but then loving one another and and distinctly bringing back these great skill sets to our children. So these are greater profits to us, yeah. um, monetary, but of course the food independence right. absolutely is invaluable in these days, just like it was invaluable to our own ancestors as they were stewarding, producing yeah. off the land where they needed to. So, the, you know, all of these are great profits, a different exchange, a different uh, a different way of life, but definitely the better profit for us. Absolutely. Courtney Austin, Sweet Chapel Farm, a pleasure talking with you this afternoon. Thank you so much for calling in. Best of luck to you, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show, News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. Welcome back to the program. Well, we've been telling you guys to call your state representative and uh, on several issues. Joining us right now is Representative Jason Elliott from the 22nd District here in uh, South Carolina, in the upstate. Uh, Representative Elliott, how are you? Hey, Charlie. Doing well. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. So um, what went on this morning in the um, in, in committee there? Well, I noticed I, I got some emails and texts and calls um, over the last 24 hours, and I learned that y'all were talking about the ranked choice voting. Right. There was a bill in the Constitutional Laws Subcommittee of Judiciary. Now, I'm not on that subcommittee, so I'm not, you know, can't vote or, or participate in the meeting other than listen. But that committee did not take action. In fact, refused to take action on the on the ranked choice voting bill. It was a bill for ranked choice voting. Right. And in fact, uh, Representative Travis Moore from Spartanburg made the motion to not uh, to um, for the committee not to advance the bill. And, and so in my estimation, um, I don't encounter many people, especially among my Republican colleagues who mm-hmm. are for ranked choice voting. So I, I, in my opinion, that bill is not moving. There is a bill, uh, 4591, that bans ranked choice voting. So um, I've supported that along with my, uh, a number of my other colleagues. So if any of the bills about ranked choice voting move forward this year, I think it'll be the one that ban- specifically bans ranked choice voting in South Carolina. Any idea when they're going to be taking that bill up? No, it's not been. Uh, so far as I can see, it does not have a subcommittee hearing. Now, it would go in front of the same subcommittee that, right. that the bill that was that was uh, you know to to advance ranked choice voting. Uh, so it would go in front of that same subcommittee. Generally, they have subcommittee meetings sometimes once uh, once a week. Most time, once every two weeks, but um, but again, my estimation is just from what I can see with the the one that was considered today and then did not move forward is that it's it's probably done for the year. Um, and I think it would ha- if it had a very if it if it got out of subcommittee, I think it would have a tough time getting through the full committee and right. uh, an even harder time getting through the full house. So so, but thanks for bringing attention to it because uh, again. I haven't run into, I've not talked to many people who are for it. Um, and I think that, you know, in, in states that have it, it leads to confusion, lower oh, vote, yeah. voter turnout. And the, and the most important thing, constitutionally, it violates one person, one vote. It dilutes, it yeah. dilutes my vote, your vote, and everyone else's. 
You're exactly right, and that is a that is a that is a great point. So we appreciate you calling in, Representative Jason mm-hmm. Elliott, District 22 here in Greenville. Um, don't be a stranger to the program, sir. Thank you. No, I won't. Thank you. Have a good day. Take, Take care. care so you Bye. see, when we when we tell you guys this works, this is it's a process. You know, you can have a plan. I've been I've been I've been thinking a lot about. Um, in fact, it was uh, uh, Scott Adams. He's the guy that draws Dilbert, you know, and um, a very smart guy, really is. He's, he's smarter than just your average cartoonist. Um, but he says, he said this in one of his books, and I think, it, I think the book was How to Lose at Everything and Still Win Bigly, or Still Win Big, or however, however you put it. Um, but he said, having a process is better than having a plan. Because the process will take care of the plan. The plan cannot stand on its own. So the process for us to get things done here in South Carolina is exactly what you have taken, did not only on, what was it, 4731 a couple of days ago, the rules change, which also, by the way, was brought up again today and did not make it out of committee. So that's the second time you guys have killed that. You got on board with the ranked voting uh, uh, thing. Now we got to get you to give them a call again and keep calling them about James Smith for circuit court judge. This man is a radical liberal. We do not need him on the circuit court here in South Carolina. We've seen what happens when liberals are on the bench here in South Carolina with the uh, the judge who, who, who wasn't even able to fulfill her entire term because she had met the age age limit a year earlier, so but she was the one that helped shoot down the heartbeat bill here in South Carolina. So this works. Like I said, when you go to the polls, that's your first day on the job when it comes to how things are run here in South Carolina. If you don't know who your state representative is or your state senator, text SC Rep. That's SC Rep. To 71307. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. 
in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.